Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Here we are again in another episode of Self-Care for Survivors of Trauma. This is Erin Hartz, and I'm here talking about dating lately. So if you're out there dating or you've tried dating after a divorce or with trauma in your background, it's really challenging. At least it really was for me. So that's why I came up with this dating series that I'm doing right now. And this is my fourth episode This one's Dating Death Trap number three, and tonight I'm calling it Desperation and Low Self-Esteem. I'm kind of going through my dating journey, and you know, I separated from my ex, and around that same time was my first Death Trap episode, and I talked about sleeping with someone when I drank too much, someone I didn't want to sleep with, and that led to me learning a lot of stuff. And then I, two years later, I had another relationship that I talked about in death trap number two. And that one was a dangerous relationship. Like that person was really unhealthy. And after that, I again, didn't date for about two years. So this third person that I dated, I had about five years now of some recovery, going to therapy, reading a ton of books about relationships. Back then, I started reading books. The first set of books that I started reading when I left my marriage, or when I started realizing that my ex-husband was emotionally abusive, is I started reading stuff about narcissism and what tactics they use, what types of ways narcissists manipulate us. Like that was my first real need to understand those types of behaviors enough to realize that I was in a situation where I was being emotionally abused. And so that took me a couple years to really get a hold of that verbal abuse isn't always straight at you, right? It's more subtle. And I realized that the verbal abuse could be secretive. A lady back then told me to read The Verbally Abusive Relationship, I think is the name of the book. And that really explained a lot of these little tactics that people use where they're not actually verbalizing anything with their mouths and words, but they're showing a lot of upset and discomfort and browbeating with the shape of their face and the expressions they're using and different motions. And I see now what I didn't see then also is that I'm a person that's highly sensitive. I take on other people's emotions very, very easily. So I think if anyone around me 
feels some negative emotions, I take that on myself or I used to much more. Now I'm a little bit better at being able to notice, is this my emotion, their emotion, what's going on here, and separating and having a boundary between me and other people. But back then I wasn't. So if people were thinking something like my ex was thinking something angry or mean, like I would kowtow to him because I wanted things to be peaceful. And so I had to learn some of those skills. And then after being single for a while and dating a little bit, I started reading books about how to notice when you're in an abusive relationship, how to try not to date people that are unavailable. I realized that it wasn't just the people I was dating that were unavailable, that I was emotionally unavailable. And that was the problem is I only felt safe in a relationship where the other person was emotionally unavailable because even though I wanted to share my emotion, it was very hard for me and scary for me because it felt dangerous to me to share who I was. So because I felt so much fear, I was attracting that type of person who didn't show emotion and that was the only person I was really comfortable with. So I kind of went through all that. So by the time I got to 2020, I was thinking like, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to like be in a healthy relationship. Maybe this is actually going to work. You know, I, I kept kind of waiting, or I guess I still kind of am like waiting, like, okay, when, when is this going to finally work out? Uh, when am I going to kind of be through all this trauma work and start really making strides forward? And so in 2020, I started I think that was one of the first times that I really went on a dating app and decided to meet someone and pretty quickly I ended up meeting a guy who seemed pretty amazing and he was really handsome we had some things in common that were really fun for me to have Um, like he was a musician and he was a teacher of a different kind than me um, but still a teacher and we had some things that we both liked doing and um, and we were both just really attracted to each other, which was fun as well, right? To meet someone that seems like a good person and then you're also attracted to him, like it seemed pretty amazing. So when I went into this relationship, I was a little bit still in denial about the fact that I might not be quite as healthy as I need to be to match with somebody that is also healthy. So tonight I'm calling the episode The Dating Death Trap, Desperation and Low Self-Esteem. And I was thinking about those words for desperation and low self-esteem. And I was thinking back to myself in 2020. And that was at the beginning of the pandemic. It was a desperate time, but I had not really understood that at the time. And I think when we're in desperation and low self-esteem, we don't always know it. And so I didn't realize how desperate I was at that point. I think for affection and attention, I think that was kind of where my desperation lay. And then the low self-esteem, I had done a lot of work there, but I definitely still was very critical about myself. And I think the biggest thing about my self-esteem back then that shows me now that it was too low was I would defer to other people. If someone else 
who I valued had an opinion, well, even sometimes if I didn't value them, if they had an opinion, I would always think that their opinion for some reason would be more important than mine. That was the way my self-esteem seems low to me when I look back now is I wasn't able to stand up for myself and my feelings the way I am now. And I didn't think it was okay for me to feel the way I did or do the things I did or have the desires that I wanted to have. Back then, I really felt like I was something that needed fixing maybe or or I just wasn't good enough. So then I thought other people would fill in that gap for me, like I would allow them to be good enough and I would do what they said. That's kind of how I I behaved when I, I didn't know it though. Like I still felt like I had been moving forward, which I had. It's just I was still on that path. I was still on the path of learning how to take care of myself and trust myself, trust my instincts and all that. So this relationship came into my life, this really handsome guy um, and it was so much fun and I did some things differently than I had before. I tried to ask a lot of questions, talk a lot. I really had a lot of positive behaviors in this relationship so I don't want to get down on myself. But as I'm thinking about this relationship, instead of going through the details of what happened there, I, I decided the best thing to do tonight for this episode was to talk about what are the signs when we're in desperation? What are the signs of us when we're in low self-esteem? How can we tell if we're in that state of mind? I guess if I knew I was there then maybe I would have been a little more careful or followed my intuition a little bit more when I was dating. Maybe I would have stopped seeing this person when I started seeing some red flags and noticed them as red flags. So here are three signs that you possibly are in a desperate space in your life and possibly have some low self-esteem. So this just means Be really careful dating if you're in this mindset. Start noticing that behavior. Start taking time talking to friends, asking them what they think about it, and actually listening to them instead of getting sucked into it. Easier said than done. I don't know if I would have listened to anyone back then about this relationship. I kind of had to walk through it on my own to get to the other side and learn these lessons. So sometimes we just have to go through it. But if this could help anyone and stop them from diving into a a big deep pool with someone that's not very healthy, then here we go. All right, so the first sign that I see that shows that I was a little bit desperate, that maybe I had low self-esteem, was the sexual chemistry dominates the relationship. Okay, so you're in a relationship right now, it's new. Does the sex dominate the relationship? And here's the thing is I wasn't having sex with him for a period of time. Like I really, that was one thing I was like, I'm not going to do it, you know, for until I feel like I know him and I'm going to wait a few weeks. And maybe that doesn't sound like that long, but um, for me, it was longer than I wanted to wait. Right. And um, so we weren't even having sex, but were we kissing a lot? Were we spending most of the time together? touching and being, you know, physical? 
Was that the bulk of our time spent? Was that the bulk of our energy thinking about being in each other's arms? So I think that that is maybe a sign of something that could go wrong in the future. You know how that is when you're in a relationship with someone and if that's all they bring up or they're always touching you and they're always grabbing you and um, like there is something a little bit unhealthy to that, I think. But when I'm in that sort of bubble where the sexual part outweighs everything else, that is not the most important thing in a relationship. It's really important, but those other pieces need to be there for me to know that I'm having a healthy relationship. It just is like a feeling that you know that that's the most important thing about the relationship. It's not even like how often you're doing it or there's a feeling I get with this relationship that I'm talking about where it really feels like it was all about sex for him. And it kind of was for me too, but I just didn't know it then because I wanted to have a regular relationship. And to me, that meant one where there was a commitment and one where he wanted to be my boyfriend and one where this person cared about me truly and didn't just want to sleep with me. So that's what I wanted in my relationship. And even though I deferred the actual act of sex, I really didn't defer. I really kidded myself that this was a relationship based on something else. I hid it from myself that it was all about sex. Okay, so another sign that you might be a little bit desperate, you might have some low self-esteem, is that you tolerate shady behavior and don't call it out. You don't ask enough questions. So I can look back and see this now, that a few weeks into my relationship, I found out that this guy didn't maybe want a relationship as badly as he had first said he wanted a, a committed relationship and he was still on the dating apps, and I don't remember if he directly lied. I feel like it was more indirectly that he acted like he wanted this committed relationship, and then a few weeks later, he did tell me that he was still online and um, talking to other people, and at that point, if I was the healthy person I am now, which I don't think I probably even would have gotten this far with this guy, but if I did... I would now certainly say like, okay, that's not working for me um, because I wanted a committed relationship with him. Like maybe there's a scenario someday where I'll feel like maybe that isn't a big deal. I don't know. Um, But at that point, I really wanted a committed relationship. I wanted him to be my boyfriend. Um, Whatever that means to me, it meant something at that time. Because he didn't want that, that is a deal breaker. But back then, I was so hooked on the non-sex sex that I did not want to lose that opportunity to be held in his arms, to be in bed with him, to to have a pretend boyfriend, even if he wasn't the full boyfriend I wanted. I was so desperate for attention and for the gifts of that relationship, even though it wasn't all I wanted, I settled for less, right? And so I tolerated his shady behavior and we left it something like he would let me know if he was ever going to actually go on a date with anyone. And 
basically he could talk to whoever he wanted online was kind of how we left it. And he would let me know if he actually physically ever went on a date with someone. And I said, okay, because I liked this guy and I didn't want to let go of the relationship. I think at that point, I still maybe had hope that he was going to choose me, which to me now is just sounds stupid. Like, obviously, he wasn't going to. The first part of the relationship is supposed to be the easiest and best part of the relationship. And if it's already not good, that is not a good sign. So I think back then I didn't ask enough questions. I was scared too. I didn't like what I was hearing. So I tried to just deal with it and move on with it and think, oh, well, maybe I can have a semi-casual relationship. And I tried that on. Can I have a casual relationship? And the answer was completely no. I just am not the person that can do that. Um, you know, wonderful if people can. I realize I can't have a casual relationship. I need something to be committed if I have a relationship. And I learned that from this relationship, you know, and now I know that I'm a monogamous type person. I want somebody else to not be interested in talking to other people online if they want to go out with me. I That's a deal breaker for me because it's like this fear of missing out. If you don't think I'm good enough to actually want to enjoy my company and you're like always looking for something better, that's not good enough. I deserve better than that. And I will ask questions now to hear about that and know if people are still online, people are still dating. And I'm trying to be a little more flexible with that because I think it does take a few weeks to kind of get to know people. But after the relationship starts you know, after maybe three dates or four dates, whatever it starts to feel like it might actually turn into something. I think having that conversation of, are you still talking to people online or not? Like that comes up, I think, in a healthy relationship. It just comes up on its own and both people want to talk about it. It's not some scary subject that one person kind of wants to know, but doesn't ask out of fear that the relationship is going to end. Okay, here's the third sign that I, I think shows that maybe we're in a desperate place, that maybe we have low self-esteem. This is something I did is I allowed myself to be the one down. I allowed myself to be in the deferential position in the relationship. So I can look back now and I can see that the guy I was dating, I totally let him call the shots on a lot of things. At first, I did it because I kind of just, that was my MO, right? That was just how I operated. I didn't realize I was doing it. But then as the relationship moved forward, I started realizing that there were times he chose something and I wanted something different. And I think I even spoke up maybe a couple times and he kind of, you know, laughed at me or you know, like it obviously wasn't going to happen that I was going to get what I wanted. He thought it was he was right and his way was better. And that was that was that, you know, and I started realizing how selfish he could be. But back then, instead of even putting it on him, I was still putting it on myself. Like, what's wrong with me that I can't keep up to his pace? What's wrong with me that I'm not a good enough musician to get his attention when I shared a piece that I had wrote and he, you know, thought it was kind of lame. I mean, you know, he didn't say that, but he was definitely not impressed. <laughs> and, which, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny. Um, I was trying out new things. I was learning who I was and uh, 
putting myself in that deferential position, though, is so, so hurtful. It really led to some some bad stuff that happened. Um, and I'm not going to tell all the details because it's inappropriate to share here. But when you allow someone to be that dominant figure, it comes out in different ways. And some of that came out in surprising ways when we did eventually have sex. And it it was hurtful to me, you know, and I just think again, like we really, I really need to know somebody well and know that they're a good person that truly cares about me before I open my life up to them in any big way. That's a lesson learned, you know, gosh, I'm really feeling like I'm just sharing so much stuff that is kind of uh, bad about myself. But I think the point that I'm making here, I hope, is that I don't have to behave that way for the rest of my life. There's this time a few years ago that my I was out to dinner for, I don't know if it was Father's Day or my dad's birthday or something. And I love my dad. And, you know, he's he's just a human. He makes mistakes. And so this is not about, like, him. This is just about... So this one night, we were out to dinner with the whole family and like my sister, all the kids, all the kids were kind of at the end of the table. We were kind of loud. Sometimes our family can be a little bit loud and my dad can certainly be really loud if he's had a couple margaritas, you know? And so he was really loud and I can't remember what came up, but they were talking. Oh, I think he asked me in front of everyone, like if I was dating or something like that. And I told him that because I was embarrassed, like all the kids were there too. And I don't talk about that stuff with any of them really. And I said, I don't feel like talking about that right now in front of my son. And eventually the comment came out from my dad, like, oh, well, Aaron makes bad decisions in relationships or Aaron doesn't choose very good partners, ha ha. And it was like this joke that he made in front of everyone. And it really, really hurt my feelings. Because at that time, I was doing so much therapy. I was in, you know, support groups to help me heal my codependency. I had done so much at that point to try and change. And it was like, it's not just my fault. Like I was born this way, that I was like born this way of being this person with all this trauma that makes stupid decisions. Like that's not who I am. And like back then, I think I was even like thinking to myself, this is your fault, dad. You know what I mean? Like, or at least it's partly your fault and you're making a joke at my expense, but I'm like this because of the way you and my mom raised me. This is how you raised me to be subservient and to listen to authority figures without speaking my needs and desires clearly. You know, and my dad didn't know he was doing that. He didn't know that his actions were going to cause me to choose abusive partners in later in life. Of course, he doesn't want that for me. But it really made me mad that he made that comment. And I'd been working so hard on my recovery and that he was taking zero responsibility for his part in me choosing bad partners. I certainly don't blame him. Like it's all his fault. Like I see now that this is my responsibility. You can tell that from the way I talk about it. But it's kind of because of the way our family is. Also, there is a part of me that's like that because of trying to fit in and 
and be loved by our family. So I can take that and know that since then I've grown and I move forward and I'm still on that learning path. And I hope that you guys get something out of this. So let me know what you think. I'd love to hear some feedback on Instagram, iHeartsAaron. You can find me there. I haven't heard any feedback about these dating episodes yet. So please tell me what you're thinking. If you like them, if you don't like them, I'm still planning to do more. So if you really don't like them, then let me know because maybe I don't need to do the whole series as I planned. Okay, well, take care, survivors. Bye-bye. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.com.